Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Amen. So, the question I have for you this morning is, what are we here for? What are we here for? Like, why are we here? Why do we exist? And I think one of the, the, the reasons, one of the answers would be, for God to love you. Why are we here for is for God to love you. For God wanted to love someone, so He created you. Um, God wanted to, to love because that's who He is, that's what He does. And then, like, love needs someone to love. You, you realize that? Uh, love needs to go somewhere, and love wants to give. But if we think about it maybe a bit more holistically, is why are, we, why are we here? Why do we exist? Where do we come from? They say there's a few questions that everyone has, and it's like, where do we come from? Why am I here? That's a similar question. And then and, and, and where are we going? Like, where did we come from? How did we get here? Where are we going? What should we do about it? Basically, that's the question of purpose. So a lot of people in this world are living currently with a lot of fancy ideas, but with very little purpose. Or what they do is they find purpose in things that I that honestly find quite useless. Uh, I won't name examples because you'll probably be offended, but they, w- there's, there's purpose. And the purpose for me needs to be eternal because that's the highest purpose. So ask yourself, why am I here in this moment? Why am I here on this earth? Why am I here in this speck or this time frame of eternity? And then I wanted to, to go to Isaiah 46. You'll hear that I'll go quickly today because there's a thing I want to get through. And for time's sake, we obviously have a full service. Um, so you had to, to, like Henry said, buckle up. Um, Isaiah 46 verse 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done. Saying, My counsel, uh, counsel shall stand. And I will do all my pleasure. Verse 10 there says, This God, this one, the only one, the great one, the almighty one, He does something amazing. He declares the end from when? From the beginning. So right when we begin, God knows exactly how it's going to end. Now that breaks my mind just a little bit, but that's why it's God. Amen? (laughs) That's why it's Him that does it. So what is the beginning? Some of you know where I'm going. What is the beginning? The beginning is the beginning. So God declared the end, revelation, when? In the beginning, in Genesis. Okay, so we need to to quickly go through the Bible this morning. God declared the end from the beginning. He declared how it's going to end, what the plan is in Genesis, in the beginning. Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning. When did God declare the end? In the beginning. So, the Bible is about that. A lot of people make out, or like some people fight about creation. And I know churches that are all focused on creation. And I think it's a waste of time. Because we need to be churches about the new creation. Because if you read the Bible and you read the end from the beginning, you read that the Genesis story is not just what it is. It's not just the story of creation. It is the gospel. It is declaring the end in the beginning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you a little bit, and I think that, that uh, a tale of two trees that we've been looking at, like that this fits in, even though we're not talking about trees, but you'll see where we go. So, yeah, this verse just blessed me so much, because I've been busy with this, and this was just like confirmation. God declares the end from the beginning. 
Matthew 13, 35. Matthew 13, 35. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, speaking about Jesus. I will utter things which have been kept secret from when? From the foundation of the earth. From when? From Genesis. From the world. When the world was created, there was things secret. Now, secret doesn't mean it didn't exist. It just means it wasn't manifest. It was the mystery was not yet revealed, but God didn't come up with a new plan. That challenges you. God didn't come up with a new plan when Adam and Eve sinned. Because the plan was there from the beginning. And if you read your Bible, Genesis 1, verse 1, Adam and Eve's not yet there. But God declared the end from the beginning. Okay, if you're not awake yet, this is a good time to, to, to wake up. We're going to go quickly. God, Jesus, fulfills the things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So what are we here for? The answer that I want to get to is, what are we here for is in the foundation of the, of the world. Because God's plan existed in the beginning. So God created us because He had a plan. God didn't come up with a plan after He created us. That blesses me. Because it shows me that we're intentional. We've got purpose. We're here for a reason. We are here for things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. You need to, to study out the word, the word world in the Greek because there's two words. The one is aeon and the other one is cosmos. Okay? We read in English, we read world and we need to see which one is we talking about. Aeon means age or dispensation. So we're currently living in the, 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 the church world. The church age, the aeon or the church, the after the cross. But the word often that refers to cosmos means creation, means universe. Okay? And hold on to that thought because it's going to bless you later. So what are we here for? Another good question is where did we come from? I mean, some Christians don't want to ask these questions because we think the world has got better answers than we do. But that's not the case. We just don't know our Bible necessarily. So James 1.16. I'm reading the Young's literal translation. Like Paul said, we read different translations, but if you go Young's literal, you know we're going, we're going deep this morning. Amen. Young's literal says, Be not led astray, my brethren, beloved. Every good thing or every good giving and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the lights, with whom is no variation or shadow of turning. So you'll see that we have New King James on the screen, but what I read is different translations. Um, that's just the program that we're using, but you need to listen as well or read for yourself. So where does every good and every perfect gift come from? It comes from above. Okay, that's the first word there. But it comes down from the Father of lights. Okay, so God is the Father of lights. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the sun and the moon. He created the stars also. He created the galaxies. But He created light before He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. That is another one to think about. Okay, so God is the Father of lights. So who is God the Father of? So we read in the Old Testament, we read what God is the Father of, but then the New Testament reveals to us it's not a what, it's a who. And that's the message for today, so we can go home now. God created the heavens and the earth, but God is the Father of lights. 
Yes, He spoke and light came to be. He spoke and the sun, the moon, the stars came to be. The galaxies also. Just, it's just like in Genesis 1. Oh yeah, and He made the stars. Like he, he made the galaxy. He made the universe. Apparently the galaxy is still growing. The universe is still increasing. Like because God's voice, God's spoken word is so unstoppable that it hasn't stopped creating yet. He spoke it thousands of years ago and it's still expanding. It's still exploring. It's still growing apparently to what we understand. But God is the Father of lights with whom is no variation. So God doesn't create some people as light and other people as darkness. No, God wants everyone to walk in the light. But God is not a puppeteer, neither is He making um, clones. So we have a choice. Okay? Nothing good comes not from God. Everything good comes from God, and anything bad does not come from Him. Okay? That's what we usually teach from this verse. And it's right. It's, I agree with that, but I'm moving past that quickly. There's no variation, there's no shadow of turning. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We say amen to that, we'll sing those songs, but when we open the Bible, we tend to struggle with that. Because how can the God of the old be the same as the God of the new? How can the God of Israel be the same as the God that is the Father to Jesus? Now, again, we need to study the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study the Word. Don't read it merely, study the Word, because these questions are not just on face value. You need to study it for yourself. The more you get to know the Father, the more you realize the beauty and the completion that He is. He is complete, wholesome, abundant, sufficient, enough, and perfect. So the question again is, who or what are these lights? Now, the very next verse gives us the answer. Verse 18. Having counseled... So we come from the Father of lights, and some people make this whole thing about creation. God is the Father of lights. Of course He is. He's the Father of creation. But He says, having counseled, He did beget us. What is beget? Born us. He, he had us. We came forth out of Him. The Father beget us, His children, with what? A word of truth for our being a certain first fruits of His creature. He brought forth. He brought us forth. So in Genesis, He brought forth the sun, the moon, and the stars with what? With a word. But He declared the end in the beginning, so it's not merely the creation that He spoke of. In the beginning, He spoke about the new creation. So He made the sun, the moon, and the stars, yes, but He, in that, the, the, the deeper meaning, the dark saying, the... the um, the true meaning, the spiritual reality is, he was already prophesying new creation. And now James helps us to, to get that. In, in 2 Corinthians, they do the same. Paul goes there. He says, through a word. In Philippians 2.15, Paul calls us, he says, you shine as lights in this world. You shine as lights in this world. God is our Father. He brought us into new birth. Yeah? But from where? from above. And then, where does that come from? Jesus speaks to Nicodemus in John 3. We know John 3, 16. We love it. For God so loved the world that He gave. What is the context of the conversation? It's new, new birth. It's new creation. It's, he says to Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you know Genesis to Malachi. You're a teacher of teachers. You know the Old Testament so well. But Jesus says, how do you not know what it's really about? That's really what he says to, to Nicodemus. He says, it's not about Abraham, it's not about Isaac, it's not about Jacob, it's not about Adam and Eve, it's, it's about Jesus the Christ. And now Jesus comes and the Spirit now reveals to us the truth, the real reality. That's the word truth there when it says that in John, I think, 16, 
The Spirit will come and He will reveal and He will help you and He will guide you into all truth, says, into the fullness of the reality of what has really been going on since the beginning. That's the Peter paraphrase of, 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 of that verse in John 16. Because now the Spirit comes and He reveals to us that there's so much more in the Old than what we merely read in the children's Bible. John 3.7 says, You shouldn't be amazed by my statement, you must be born from above. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses, and you can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is with the hearts of those who are spirit-born. Spirit-born. Born from above. Born of God. You see, the, world, the, 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 the term we used to is born again. And I, be, I believe it's lacking. Because born again means start over. If you play a game, you respawn. You go back to start and you start again and you try again. And we spoke about that last week. We're not just sowing and reaping and start sowing and reaping and starting over and getting a clean slate and messing it up again and getting a clean slate. No, we are not just merely restarting. We are receiving something. We are receiving God's Spirit, the part we've been missing from the beginning. We actually come to eat of the tree of life and we move away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And as a church globally, there are too many people stuck in what is right and what is wrong. And a lot of people are dead walking zombies and they're not giving them life. Okay, I'm going stronger than I planned this morning. But that's the truth. That's the good news. The good news is, that it's not for you to change. Clean up your act. That's not good news, is it? It's not good news for me to tell you, listen guys, we have to do better. We have to be sinless, swear less, give more. Well, that's all good. But that's not going to help anyone. You're going to die of performance and burnout. But if I come to you and I say, hey man, you're missing out on the life-giving, crucial God kind of part. You're missing out on the Spirit of God. Yes, with that comes forgiveness, justification, sanctification, holiness, all those things. But you're living below your purpose. What are we here for? Well, we have to answer that question. There's a certain Afrikaans band whose name I won't name in church because you'll be offended. But they have a song that says, Da moet meer wees as werk trouw en kinders <laughs> Some of you know who I'm talking about. I agree 100% with them. They rebelled in sex, drugs and rock and roll. I found grace. We came to the same T-junction in life. And my question was, there has to be more to life. And guess what? Someone told me what that more is. And I'm so thankful, grateful, and never been the same since. Because there is more to life. There is the life, capital L. And we get to live that, share that, be that. What are we here for? Well, Jesus said, and God said, I'll declare the end from the beginning. So you're ready for a very quick Genesis 1 crash course. Okay, Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, what does God create? When does He create? In the beginning. What does He declare in the beginning? The end. The gospel is right there, in the beginning. That's the gospel. Because Jesus says to us, I am the Alpha. I'm the Omega. I am the beginning. Oh, okay. What is the beginning? In the beginning, in Jesus, is life. 
in Jesus' purpose, in Jesus' forgiveness. In the beginning, the very first phrase of Genesis 1, when you open your Bible, if you understand the, the whole message of the Bible, you read Jesus there. I always thought, I was amazed when, when, when I realized Genesis 3.15, when uh, God prophesies over the snake and over um, Eve, and He says to Eve, your seed will crush the snake's head. I thought, wow, a prophecy of Jesus, virgin birth, right there, Genesis 3. But God always challenges me and says, oh, can you go further back? Can you go further back? We were camping on Abraham for a while in this church. And, and God said, well, you can go further if you want to. You can go further back to find Jesus. And there it is, Genesis 1 verse 1, in the beginning. Jesus says, I am. Well, that's a statement already. What am I? I am the God-man. I am God who came and lived in flesh. I am who you were destined and purposed to replicate in this world. Because the same Spirit that lived in Christ is now available to each and every one of us. What are we here for? To do the same works that Jesus did and greater works. Why? Because we'll be here longer, hopefully, than the three years He had in ministry. God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's exactly what's happening today. The Spirit of God's hovering over the world, looking for empty vessels to fill with His glory. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and He saw that it was good. Make a note. We'll get back to that now. God saw that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness He called night. The evening and the morning were what? The first. The first day. Not Thursday. First day. Okay? Revelation 22. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to do this again. We just read Genesis 1 and verse 1. Okay, we are paging quickly all the way back to the last chapter. So we just read the first chapter. I want us to read the last chapter of your Bible. So Revelation 22 and verse 13 says, I am Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning, but I'm also the end. I am first, I am day one, but I'm also the last. I don't know about you, but that just gives me confidence. That helps me find my place. That helps me to understand if Jesus is in Genesis, and Jesus is what Revelation says, John says, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, Read that first before you read all the other things and get lost in Revelation. This is the revelation of Jesus, but He is the beginning and He is the end. He is in Genesis 1 and verse 1 and He's in Revelation 22. And everything else is then probably about Him, don't you think? Like any good speech, your introduction and your closure should like, bring the whole message together. Because why? He declares the end. From when? From the beginning. 
Now, a lot of people major on a lot of things that goes in between all these pages. But there's really just one message. And guess what? You are part of it. That's the beauty of it. Once you understand, once you condense the word like that, you can see your part. So back to Genesis 1 and verse 12 says, And the earth brought forth grass and herb, yielding seed after his kind. Just a note there if you read King James. And the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. The evening and the morning, the third day. So we skip the second day for good reason. But what comes after day three? How long was Jesus in the grave? Three days. What happens after day three? The resurrection. The church is born. So right there is the plan of church. Genesis 1, by the way. We're still there. This is amazing. Right there, the church is born. Look at it. It says, And God said, Let there be lights. What did God create in verse 3? Light. Singular. But on day 3, now there's multiple lights. Light as a concept, Christ, the goodness, the who God is, that's created. And now it comes and it indwells us and now it multiplies. What are we here for? We are here to shine as lights in this world. You all say amen to that, but you probably never heard it from Genesis 1. That's the message of the Bible. That's what we are here for. And God said, let there be light. And there was. And the lights He put where? In the firmament of heaven. To divide the day from the night. And to let them be for signs. For signs and for seasons. For days and for years. Let them be for signs. Why are we here for? What are we here for? To be signs, to be guidance posts, to bring light to the dark world, to be signs, signals, banners, distinguishing marks, proof of God's goodness, miraculous signs. We want to all follow signs and wonders often, but you are the sign. You are the wonder. You are the miracle that God created, but not only did He create you, He planned for you from the foundation of the earth, from the beginning, you were part of God's plan, and He wants you to live as one of those lights. Why? To give a sign, to be a sign of His goodness. Of what? Of His love. Let God love you. That is the sign. And then we flow over with that love, and now we go live purpose. You see, if you want to live purpose, you need to have identity established first. You are a light of the world, planned from the foundation of the world to be a sign. That's who I am. I'm a sign. I don't want to stand out. We don't want to talk about religion and politics. Forget about politics. Talk about religion. But talk about relationship. Talk about the good news. Talk about who God is. I believe in our culture, one of the things that really steals from us is we're not wanting to talk about religion, what we believe. It's Afrikaans thing, mostly. It's stupid. Because people die and go to hell. Because we don't want to talk to them about what we believe, about what we carry. But if we believe in the message, the good news of who God is, who they can be, what they've been missing out on, who will not want to talk about it? To give light upon the earth. Firstly, we are there for signs. But verse 15, he goes on and he says, And let them be for lights 
in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. Who are you? You're the light of the world. Why are you the light of the world? To give light to the world. What are we here for? To let God love us so that we can love Him back but so that we can love each other. 1 John 4 says it beautifully. If He so loved us, we ought to. means we don't really have a choice in it to, to love one another. If you're shining brightly, it's going to be difficult to hide your darkness. Now Jesus comes on the scene and He says, You are the light of the world. Where does He come up with that idea? Well, from the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and He said, Let there be light. Now there's lights. There's plural. He says, Don't put a bucket over your head. Shine, shine brightly, shine in this dark world. Give light upon the earth. Where do we find these lights? Well, they're in the firmament. firmament. What a difficult word is that, huh? New King James doesn't even help us there. The firmament of heaven. Now, isn't this interesting? Ephesians 2 and verse 6 says, And He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not a new plan in Ephesians 2. It's been planning since Genesis. Now it's just fulfilled after the cross. You see, it's really not about right and wrong, this Christian life. It's about dead and alive. It's about light and darkness. Colossians 1 says, You've been translated from darkness into this light, or this kingdom of His marvelous light, or the kingdom of the Son of His love, one of the translations say. You came from darkness, but... We say when we share the gospel, the lich is at angegaan. It's so valid. Because you can literally see it on someone's face. Like, they glow. Moses glow, glue. Is that a word? <laughs> Not the one you sniff, no? But uh, when he came down the mountain, he was glowing. And he what, did what? He put a veil over his face. Why? Not because he wanted to, sh- to, to hide what was happening. He wanted to hide that it was disappearing. But we don't live in a disappearing light. We live in the fullness of light. The light has come. The light that is now everlasting. The light now is not just reflective, but it is inducive, if you will. It is coming from within us because the Spirit doesn't just shine on us, but the Spirit now wants to take residence in us. The light of God. The light of the world. Didn't God promise Abraham that his descendants will be as many as the stars? Great idea. Where does it come from? Genesis 1.16. God made two great lights. The greater light, the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He made the galaxies of stars also. Just by the way. All this amazing wonders of heaven. And God set them in the heaven to get life or light upon the earth. Verse 17. Genesis 1, verse 17. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth. And to rule over the day and over the night. And over the, to divide the light from the darkness. And what did God see? He saw that it was good. What is the message? What is the, what, the gospel? It's good news. Genesis 1, what God saw, what God made, what God created, what God planned, was good. So what we share is good. We're sharing good news. Good news for what? Listen to this. James 1 and verse 18. God was delighted... To give us birth 
by the truth of His infallible Word. Now I'm reading the Passion Translation. So that we would fulfill His chosen destiny for us. He has a chosen destiny for you. A purpose, an identity, a plan for you. He has chosen it for you. And that is to become the favorite ones out of all His creation. But guess what? Everyone can be God's favorite. He is that good. But what He wants is for you to come. To come experience that goodness. To come experience a God who's not looking at what you've done wrong, but is wanting with everything in His being, the way He created and why He created the earth was so that you would come to Him. That we have one ministry and it's the ministry of reconciliation. To bring people into the tree of life and live forever. That's what we spoke about last week. It's not about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're not living, trying to live more holy, polish you, anything. We want you to live. And we want you to not stop living. We want you to live forever. Because when you're engraved into the tree of life, you actually live forever. I don't know about you, but that's pretty awesome. Now, just take this rain, this, um, I say what I wanted to say already. See, I'm too quick today. We wanted to take just a little bit further. Okay, so what is it that we are? We are light. We are the light of the earth. Then there's something that happens. There's a, um, there's a boat that's made. And this guy called Noah makes a boat. And the word says so beautifully, it says, Noah found grace in the sight of God. Grace is not a New Testament concept, by the way. Noah found grace in the sight of God. And Noah built an ark. And guess how big was that ark? The animals came because they didn't have a choice. Only eight people came because they had a choice. Because the word says clearly, Noah was a preacher of righteousness, meaning Noah was telling people, guess what? If you're not on the boat, you don't have life. And God did not judge the world. The word says to us, Noah, by building the ark, judged the world. Because by building the ark, he gave them everyone a way out. And I don't know about you, my God is good enough. If he had to build a million arcs, he would have built a million arcs. But because it's free choice, people don't want to come. It's the same with the gospel. The story of Noah is the story of the gospel. Guys, you're not going to live forever unless you come live forever. Unless you come to the covenant God, the ark, the one who gives life, the one who protects, the one who nourishes. Come on the boat with us. The ministry of reconciliation. We're crying in our hearts, be reconciled to God. Come to the goodness of God. And guess what? Eight people responds. The number of grace. And they get on the boat and they go through all of that. God would have saved every single person if they were willing to get on the boat. That changes it for me. It's not a harsh God. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But when you study the Word, you can reconcile things like the flood. But there's a covenant, there's a sign. What's the sign? It's a rainbow. Hold on quickly. But Genesis 1 says, You will be lights. And you will be signs. What is a rainbow? It's a sign, but technically what it is, it is light made visible. I've got goosebumps right now, by the way. The rainbow is light, the invisible God, the goodness of God, being made visible. It is the light 
now living in us the lights. It is the goodness of God, the plan of God, the mystery, the invisible, revealed. It is what God has planned, now manifesting. The rainbow is the gospel. It is light made visible. It is the goodness of God manifesting. Because God is light from the beginning. In Him is no darkness at all. But it's the invisible things that the world doesn't understand. But now with the spiritual understanding, we're a rebirth. When we're born from above, John 16 again says, now you will understand the things Jesus couldn't explain to us because He couldn't explain it to natural men who wouldn't live forever, but now He explains it to spiritual men who actually have the veil removed. And now when we read the Old Testament, we see what it's really all about. And we see the rainbow is, is just a prophecy of the Gospel. That was just for free, by the way. I'm ending with Matthew 5, 14. Matthew 5 and verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. Again, there's two words for world. There's aeon, this age. And yes, we are definitely the light in this age. In, in a depression, in a post-COVID world, post a global pandemic, this age is struggling. There's economic downturn, there's depression, there's many things. But that's not the word there. You are not merely the light to this age, the people group, the way, the way you are. No, you are the light of the cosmos. You are the light of the universe. You are the light of creation. That's the Bible. That's just, I'm, just, I'm just reading one level deeper by going into the Greek. You are what He created when He created. You are not new. You are not merely for this time. Yes, you and I are here for a time such as this. But the gospel has been there from the foundation. And we get to partake of this. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works. Why? And glorify your Father which is in heaven. We don't glorify Shane and um, Lisa and Herman and Jackie and Kristen and everyone. No, we glorify God for the good works that He did to them. Why? Because they let the light shine. Where does the light come from? They didn't generate it. They received it. And now they reflect it. Now they let it out. They conduits of God's goodness, of His light. So we have to shine our lights and then God gets the glory. How beautiful is that? You know, if someone prays for you, like you thank them for the prayer, but you thank God that, that, that He's thinking about you. It blesses you, it nourishes you. God is thinking about prophecy. Someone speaks, don't make it about the prophet. Make it about the fact that God is thinking about you. That God loves you so much, excuse me, that He wants it to get it to you. I wanted to just share that with you this morning, and I want to quickly give Herman and Malisha just an opportunity to share their feedback from the mission. So um, I th thought it would really be just well-timed to see how this that we have just been seeing in the Word actually follows through uh, into the lives of many.
but uh, um, all they talk about is the salvation that God is and that, that if I can take one thing back from there, it's that. It's, it's if we can go and, and, and share with each other what salvation, the gift that we've received, uh, we've got nothing to complain about. Amen. Uh, but quickly, I just want to um, point out some highlights for me in terms of the ministry itself that we did there. Um, so, in the first couple of days, we did some uh, um, evangelism in Eastleek, the, the area around the, the church itself. So, we went out in a couple of groups, and we actually just went opposite the road, uh, opposite the church on the other side of the road. And the first woman or house of God to our soul that, is, that sat in the chair um, and I immediately I, I, I just got a word for her and I said to her that um, you've been talking to God uh, I've just uh, feel in my heart that you've been talking to God lately is, is that so? And she said yes sure. she's, uh, um, she's speaking to God and she, did, she was in the church before didn't go and she wants to she wants to join the church again. So I, I said to her, oh, I've got Cape Town. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you now about the church and about God. We've got to share the gospel sure. with you. She got born again right there. Amen. So that was that really blessed me. Um, another lady, uh, also in that area that I went to, was um, I knocked on the door and she opened um, and uh, she was actually sitting in the pajamas. So um, it did not look like she had time for us. But, uh, um, and uh, I remember I asked her, uh, do you believe? And she said, yes, she believes. She's a Catholic and whatever. So I already asked her myself. But I said to her, do you want to make sure? Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm from I'm from God loves you so much that he sent us, and I'm from South Africa, to tell me that he loves you. Sure. And she just, she just gave me a moment, sure. us a moment. And go share the gospel with her also, and she was saved also. Sure, amen. So, so that's just two things that blessed me in, in East. Do you want to say something? Yes, I also want to say that the, the, it's like Zimbabwe, the, the soil is so fertile. Mm. Um, and that the people's hearts also, they, they're so receptive. They want, to, they want more, but they want the truth. Amen. Also, there's been so many churches and lies, or, or you've got to do this and this, do to receive eternal life and they they just wanted the truth and um also we went to a, a lady easily and she's young and she just had a baby and it's after COVID and she you could see she was feeling guilty that she wasn't going to the church but we just we just shared Jesus and the love of Jesus with her and just told her that she's got a purpose in life and her purpose is not to sit here in this little house <laughs> She needs to get out. Amen. And and she um yeah, we just invited her to the church and I I just burst out in tears when I saw her on this Sunday. And now she could connect with people there and she can now be discipled and walk a road and also walk in her purpose and discipling people. So that that was really amazing. And then also there was a, a fountain <laughs> because in Zimbabwe you've got to go and fetch your own water. So what a amazing place to share the gospel with sure. people. So, um, also this ladies uh, were just standing there and we were just asking them, it's so wonderful because you can ask them what's your name 
and what's the meaning of it, and then you can start conversation from there because it's it's always like gift or mm. purpose or it's like the awesome name. So um, yeah, so we share the gospel with them and also they receive Jesus and that that just makes your heart burn. Mm. And the more you give, the more you want to give, and the more you know how you know, it's just God, God in us. You know. Yeah, I just want to share one last thing uh, because the highlight for us was actually in Shurubi, a town 350 kilometers from, from Arari, which we went the week after. And uh, two buses went through. Um, and uh, yeah, so we were there the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning, early we went back. But the Friday morning, uh, yeah, we went out in groups again. And I just could remember walking around there, you saw some of the creatures, but there was one picture that, that just reminded me about that when I was uh, sitting there on the ground and uh, um, we got to the house, but in front of the house it's like um, they have a workshop in front, they do anything kind of things there, it's sort of like a workshop, they repair car tires or whatever the case might be. And we, so there's a lot of men in front of this, but we walked to the back and um, um, yeah, so it, it seemed for me a bit difficult to, to, to share there because there were so many people but I walked, walked it back and we just started the conversation and the one guy said to my but this guy's on crutches and, and I said bring him out and I pray for him <laughs> so we brought him out we prayed for him so I, I, I believe for, for a healing there I didn't see it there but that just opened up a lot of uh, conversation mm. uh, by just doing that um, so, so a lot of questions was asked, why, why is he injured, why is this, why we poor, why we that, whatever. And we just went to the word. Trump. Yeah, so uh, what, I, you know, there was a lot of people there and those men at the back actually came there as well. And during that thing when we, I could show them the word, what God says about these things, um, there got six people got saved right there. Sure. about Ruby, so there I was very um, fortunate <laughs> to be to be in Pastor Isaac's group. So also to see how it works and go about, and it was amazing the strategy that that they had. So first of all, we went to the police station, and um, because he said like in in um, you know in First uh, two Timothy it says that you've got to pray, pray for the authorities. So we, we spend time with them, and if you've got the authorities of the town behind you, sure. the, it's open. And yeah. Because they, yeah, that you, they don't see you as a political threat or anything. And, um, and also, um, yeah, just how to share the gospel with them. And there was a policeman that got saved, and he took us to another room with lots of policemen, and we shared the gospel, and some got saved, and others we're still thinking <laughs> and then um, but also we, we went to a house where a guy was he had lots of questions and he was just saying but if I'm saved why do I need to go to church and mm. why have to do this and it was also to experience and see how just to share the word with him that his heart can the word can drop into his heart to actually see where this root is coming from why What's in the way that he doesn't want a relationship with Jesus? And yeah, just at the end he also received Christ. 
and it was just you know so even coming back um it was it was hard but um <laughs> but it, it's still the mission continues mm -hmm. so i also want to encourage you I, 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 peter also touched on on this verse but i just quickly want to read it because it says so beautifully in the new living translation um and all all of this is a gift from god who brought us back to him through christ and god has given us the task of reconciling people to him for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us the wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. That's so beautiful. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. And that's what we can do every day. Wherever you meet, wherever you go. Amen. Don't keep it to yourself. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Like I said, the mission continues. Um, what they lived in uh, Zimbabwe and Harare doesn't need to stop anywhere. Um, and for all of us, like this afternoon, we've got an opportunity to, to be part of our light shining forth, to be the rainbows that people are looking for, and to make God visible. So if you want to join us this afternoon, if you haven't yet made a decision for Christ and you want to do so, or you want to talk about that further, we'll have some leaders up front. If you have any questions, you can come and ask them. And then also, like we said, the mission continues. So go out into this week and let's celebrate together the fact that we are going to live forever. Uh, but let's take some people with us. Amen. We need to, to make heaven full. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.